performance was pitiful from start to finish. There was no tempo, there was no approach. It was the same tedious, stultifying, boring rubbish. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. Ball Daily. And you're welcome to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you as always until five. We hope you're doing okay around the country now with Liverpool, Chelsea, Spurs, and Manchester City all playing today and League of Ireland action last night. Plenty to talk about on Football Saturday and the small matter of the meltdown across the water when it comes to Gary Lineker's opinions, match of the day, and the BBC. Shane Keegan will join Dan McDonnell and Johnny Ward from three for Football Saturday. We'll also get Mark Lawrenson, the former match of the day pundit, his take on the whole Gary Lineker saga. The Cheltenham Festival that starts on Tuesday. Tuesday, we'll preview the National Hunt Olympics on the Saturday panel. Robbie Power, Paul Nolan and Andrew McNamara will join us from about 125. 53106 number for your texts. If you want to share your opinions with us when it comes to sport or if you have any questions for our guests during the show, you can also tweet us at Off The Ball. Aidan Delaney, Wexford's finest, is in studio with me for the news round. And not good news for Liverpool, Aidan. It certainly is not. No, 31 minutes on the clock on the south coast of England and it's Bournemouth who lead by a goal to nil. It's Philip Billing who has put it into the net as well. A really poor defence from Liverpool has to be said the offside trap just broken on the halfway line there was a suggestion maybe uh, I think it was Django was onside oh, it was offside uh, VAR confirmed that the goal was good and it was uh, really a simple cross into the box from the right hand side uh, Kanate did manage to get a foot on it but just managed to divert it into Billings way and uh, again unfortunately Trent Alexander-Arnold nowhere to be found really uh, he was the man trying to pick up uh, Billing but Billing had the easiest of tasks to just uh, knock it into the net so yeah, yeah. it's a not a great start after uh, such a good game last week a week is a long time in politics especially is. if you're a match of the day presenter Philip <laughs> uh, Billing like nine seconds to score against Arsenal last week Bournemouth have been playing well they're probably going to go down but they've been playing good football but Liverpool remember thumped them 9-0 earlier in the season mm-hmm. they beat Man United 7-0 last weekend and now they're 1-0 down to Bournemouth it's, it's mad we live in a mad world we certainly do I was actually on my stag uh, weekend <laughs> when when I was watching this uh, this Liverpool 9 uh, Bournemouth nil game and we were out in Carrick on Shannon uh, you couldn't believe the score enjoyed. you were bleary eyed exactly Exactly. I was thinking, God, I wasn't drinking that much, was I? But um, no, it was. And I, I just managed to to check the results after that game. Liverpool had a two-one victory over Newcastle following that nine-nil. Because I remember they kind of struggled in that game a little bit. And uh, Newcastle took the advantage in that game as well. Isaac scored, I remember, and Liverpool did come back to win that game. So that might be an omen for what's happening today. It was around the same time as well that that goal went in. So uh, Liverpool do seem to kind of rest on their laurels a little bit when they have these big victories of course they had the 4-1 loss to Napoli as well uh, soon after that Bournemouth game so they don't want to be getting too complacent here just watching the goal again and it's a very simple cross uh, again Trent Alexander-Arnold should be trying to get in front of his man there but I suppose he is put off a little bit because he's expecting Canate to get a bit of a stronger foot on it he doesn't and Billing has an easy task but uh, it's Liverpool who are struggling right now Mayo's finest Cameron Hill as well in studio with us and I just think the issue with football is footballers are not robots they're human beings mm-hmm. uh, and they're playing too many games and then you're going to see these differences in results and differences in performance I feel at the moment there's too many there's too much football there is and it's very very hard to um, bring yourself back up to the emotional pitch that was needed last Sunday I mean last Sunday was so amazing I think Liverpool were as surprised as anybody else that they managed to score seven goals and it just seemed like such a cataclysmic collapse from United, but like we've seen it, we see it across all sports. It there are certain games that you really, really need to put in a strong performance and feel inside you that you need to do it, and then it's back to routine, and it can be kind of hard to come back down um, from cloud nine. 
Yeah, absolutely. So what else we got going on in the Premier League today? Uh, just uh, some important news to tell you as well. The Bournemouth star David Brooks is in the matchday squad for the first time in 525 days. That's after he beat cancer. He was uh, diagnosed with lymphoma uh, a few years ago, but has uh, beaten that now. And he's back in the Bournemouth squad today, hoping to get a, a run off the bench. So some good news in that game absolutely. if you're a Bournemouth fan. Uh, elsewhere today, the team currently sitting in fourth. Spurs host Nottingham Forest in one of four three o'clock games in the league. Uh, we have Brentford travelling to Everson where a draw for the Blues would lift them out of the bottom three they haven't really experienced that new manager bounce that they were expecting when Sean Dyche was appointed in January Uh, but the Toffees still have their destiny in their own hands and the former Burnley boss says they need a big three points today I've said it every week my mentality has always been every game's a must win that's how you should play football in my opinion Every game, pre-season games, you should be thinking, I need, I need to get myself in that winning feeling. I need to work hard to get into that winning mode. That's what I believe. Maybe because I was a limited footballer. So I had to have, no, I mean, it's sincerely, I was, I was an okay footballer. I had to have that edge. I had to have it. I had to. I knew I did. So I played every game like that. That's what I thought it, you know, got me right. So every game should be a big game, no matter what game you're playing in, because it just reaffirms the mentality constantly. And then it becomes normal. And when you got that, well, then when that normality comes, where it's just ingrained in you, then that's a very helpful tool to have. So that's what I speak to the players about. Is but you have to earn it, of course. You know, it's another team out there trying to stop you winning games. But every game should be the feeling should be, and the prep should be. It's a big game. It's an important game. When it's outside forces, like obviously fans, they'll be feel nervous about the situation. What impact? Does that have when you try to create that kind of bubble within your dressing room? Well, part, part of uh, being a footballer is to understand that, you know. And, uh, and I think we've got players here who certainly do. I certainly do as a manager. My staff do, and that's part of being a professional. You know, everyone, everyone wants to be a footballer, of course. Well, you know, everyone, you know, people who are into football want to be footballers. When you're a kid, you want to be a footballer. Well, at some point, you become a professional footballer. The professional bit—that's the key. You know, that's the bit that makes you handle things. That's the, the way that you can conduct yourself and play with freedom, even though you know it's professional freedom, as I call it, when you want to play, you want to enjoy it, but you know there's a professional responsibility and a job to do. So the players should understand that. I certainly do, and I'm sure the players do here. So that's part of what comes. You know, part of with the pressures, stresses, the thoughts on football, it's all in the melting pot. And part of playing the big games for different reasons, of course, but they're all big games, as I said. For me, it was normalising that, just going, right, my mentality is every time I go out there, that's a big game and it's important. So, therefore, in my opinion, when we get that kind of thought process, big, small games, whatever the outside world deems, you're ready. And that's what I'm trying to encourage the players to think like. You know, every day counts, every game counts. Plenty of cup finals coming up for Everton for the rest of the year. Ahead of them are Leeds who are hosting high-flying Brighton at 3 o'clock and at the Kings Power Stadium. That's the setting for Leicester against Chelsea. So if you want to watch that this evening on Match of the Day, if you're a Match of the Day viewer for the BBC, you'll be just watching footage. Yeah, there won't be any commentary, any kind of punditry, nothing. It's just literally the images. What are the developments now in the story? Anything breaking? Uh, yes, yeah, so the latest we've heard is that the BBC have cancelled today's edition of Football Focus as well, which acts as their uh, Saturday, uh, Super Saturday kind of programme. Uh, presenters and pundits have withdrawn from that show as well. Uh, final score also on the chopping block. That's after yesterday's decision by the broadcaster to stand Gary Lineker down from presenting tonight's Match of the Day programme. This is crazy town, what's going on over there, isn't it? It is a bit nuts. Um, and the big line that I've seen uh, coming across uh, the wires over the last couple of days is all this, you know, sport and politics shouldn't mix. And whatever you think about that, I don't think the Tory government over there can hold um, much credibility in that debate, considering they use football analogies constantly when describing their policies. Look, 
It is a very difficult one. And I suppose it's encouraging to see so many people row in behind Gary Lineker, um, Alan Shearer and Ian Wright, his massive colleagues. And now there's no football on the radio today in the UK. There's no football on, on BBC Five Live. There's no final score. There's no football focus. It's just a complete stand of solidarity. And a lot of brave people, junior staffers, freelancers who need to pay the bills, who've got kids to feed, they're taking the stance uh, in what they see as a defence of free speech. A defence of free speech, but yeah, exactly that. Uh, this, what I find very interesting about this case is that Gary Lineker isn't a political editor for the BBC. He's not a political journalist. He's a sports presenter. He didn't make a comment like this on a political show or any BBC show. This was him exercising his right as a private citizen, as we all do from time to time, to voice his uh, opinion on Twitter. And if that's not being safeguarded, if he's in jeopardy because he criticises his own government for that, it doesn't really bode well, does it? No, it doesn't. Especially when you've got Alan Chugger and Andrew Neil given licence to say what they want to say. Exactly. I think it's very interesting that, um, you know, we look at football and we often, you know, praise footballers for fleeing war. And, you know, football is a a game of immigration. How many players are we watching here in this Liverpool-Bournemouth game that aren't English natives, that have come from a different country, that, you know, have come through the immigration system? Uh, We talk about players like Victor Moses, uh, I know Luka Modric. These are players who have fled war, who have been refugees in their time. You know, Novak Djokovic is somebody in in a similar, you know, in tennis. Uh, You know, we can't, you know, just abandon these refugees when it, it suits us and to have this kind of policy and again he's just giving an opinion on it you know if you're surprised by Gary Lineker's uh, kind of upset on this you haven't been following Gary Lineker for the last few years he's often been outspoken on these issues so I just wonder what is it about this particular issue that has sent them over the edge here and it's Gary Lineker's popularity yeah absolutely yeah. and I think um, what what sort of annoys me I have to be honest about this is that this story has become about the outrage over the outrage over an immigration policy, which should that's be... That's the whole point. Yeah, the it's, whole point. it's to hide the veneer. And I can see the irony in us adding an extra layer of outrage to the outrage to the well, outrage. We're the rubberneckers in this country because luckily, um, you know, we're not going to get hauled off the air. I don't think we're giving our views on, on the station today. And look, we, we do live in Ireland. We do need to concentrate on Irish sport. But like a, a lot of us do watch Match today. A lot of us are invested in it. It just seems like it's absolutely... They've lost their mind over there. Completely, completely. It's a, it's a shambles and I'm looking forward to seeing the next development, to use a very football-y word. Okay, what else is going on? Uh, yeah, Celtic goalkeeper Joe Hart says the team never prioritises one competition over another. They're looking to reach the semi-finals of the Scottish Cup this lunchtime. Ange Postecoglou's side are at Hearts this afternoon. A team they beat 3-1 on Wednesday night in the Premiership. And it's the Hoops who lead by two goals to nil. Aaron Moy hitting the net early on. And it's Kyogo for a Hashi who has doubled the advantage for the boys. And this competition is the only domestic cup that Hart hasn't won since joining Celtic either. Okay, also domestic action here. Yeah, here at home goals from Johnny Afalabi and Dean Williams fired Bohemians to the top of the SSE Artricity Premier Division last night. Declan Devine's side were 2-0 winners away to 10-man St. Pat's. Elsewhere it finished Derry City 0, Dundalk 0. There was a nil-all draw between Shamrock Rovers and Shelburne and Drogheda had a 1-0 win over UCD. Rugby news? Yeah, in the Ireland under-20s are just one win away now from becoming the first nation to win back-to-back Grand Slams at that age grade. That's after they ran in a dozen tries in an 82.27 win away to Scotland last night. Next week's opponents, England, saw their Grand Slam hopes die with a 42-7 loss away to France. Rome hosts a potential wooden spoon decider in the Six Nations this afternoon. Italy take on Wales at 2.15. Then England meet France at Twickenham with kickoff in that one at 4.45. If that game ends in 
a draw. It could open the door for Ireland to win the championship this weekend if they get a bonus point win over Scotland tomorrow. Andy Farrell's men travel to a Murray Field with a Grand Slam on their minds, but no, their opponents won't give up anything easy. Tight head prop Tyke Furlong comes back into the visitors' starting 15, and Farrell says they need all their big guns firing to get that win in Edinburgh. I think I think they've always been uh, um, a really tough side to, to to break down, and you know the the proofs in the history of that. So, I mean, you name me a game where where they've not been confident going into going into a game against Ireland, and um, rightly so, really, because we've we've always had ding dong battles with them, you know. So it's always been really tough, and this is no different, is it? So uh, I suppose we're both sides are used to that. And how pleased are you to have Tyke Furlong back in the starting team? Well, he's a world-class prop and he's, he's a great leader. And, you know, when you look around the changing room, there's certain players that give a sense of confidence whether whether they're saying something or not, and he's one of them. And the Tyke obviously has been made for a while. Is he confident he's going to be up to the pace straight away? Uh, some players can and some players can't. And um, he's, 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 across his, he's across his detail like no other. You know, Tyke doesn't have to... Um, uh, tear himself apart mentally to try and make sure that he gets up to speed because he's already figured it out. You know, he's one of those that probably when he's driving the car or sat in his room or having a bit of food or whatever, he's probably thinking about the game anyway. So when it comes to training, he's all boxed off. You know, so um, he brings confidence to the team by how he prepares, and that gives us confidence to know that he's ready to play. It was obviously unfortunate for Finney, but how positive was it that? Well, Tag's nothing to lose, you know. He just needs to be himself. He just needs to go out there and uh, and enjoy it. He, he's, he's enjoyed the week. He's pretty relaxed so far. He's been great around the group. He'll build up uh, for what's going to be a physical battle like everyone else will be. And he's nothing to lose. He just needs to go out there and, um, and perform the best he can for his team. OK, a one-line verdict. Ireland, Scotland tomorrow. Ireland by seven. Depends on Finn Russell, but Ireland by six. Oh, six and a half. (laughs) (laughs) Jay News. Yeah, Liam Cahill plays host to his old team tonight as Tipperary take on Waterford in the Hurling League. Uh, Just one point separates the sides in the Division 1B table. And of course, Cahill led the Dacia to the league title last year. Throw-in at Semple Stadium is at 7.15. There's also games in Division 2A. Offaly facing Carlo and Kildare playing Kerry. Both those games at two o'clock throw-ins. We also have golf news. Rory McIlroy in danger missing the cut of the Players' Championship. Sawgrass, six over par. Uh, ten holes of a second round. Uh, that was obviously suspended due to storms. A sawgrass, five shots adrift at the projected cut mark. Shane Larry on two over, also in danger of an early exit. Apparently himself and Seamus Power, who's also going to miss the cut, are going to play Augusta on Monday. Kristen Bazadenhout and Adam Svensson uh, sh- uh, shared the lead there by two shots and eight under par, but a long way to go at the Players' Championship. Racing at Navin is off today due to the weather last night. There is an eight-race car at Goran Park though beginning in a few minutes time Aidan Delaney and Cameron Hill thanks so much for the news round coming up after the break the Saturday panel we preview the 2023 Cheltenham Horse Racing Festival in the company of Robbie Power Paul Nolan and Andy McNamara and also plenty to come on Football Saturday plenty of debate about the BBC and Gary Lineker with Mark Lawrence and Shane Keegan Dan McDonnell and Johnny Ward we're on air till 5 here on Off the Ball Saturday on News Talk performance was pitiful from start to finish there was no tempo there was no approach it was the same tedious stultifying boring rubbish subscribe now to the OTB football podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB sports app